Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard here, of course, with John Tesh. Say hi, everybody. Well, this is exciting because at this moment, Gib is in Los Angeles, Culver City to be more exact, and I am in uh, Kona, Hawaii. Yeah. And, uh, Which one so, of us is happier about our location? About I'm, I'm next to historic Sony Studios. So I got yeah, that going go. for me. Okay, and you've got right, sea turtles right. uh, in your backyard. Yeah, I you know I, it's been tough staying on the ketogenic diet, by the way, because you know I'm supposed to be all plant based and everything, and um, it's actually I just can't stop eating eating fish. So um, I uh, when we were when I was there with you for a little while. Full disclosure: I left John in Kona and let him stay there for a little while. We were there together for a while, but. When I was there, I cheated as much as I've ever cheated on the ketogenic diet because our, our gurus, Tim Ferriss and and uh, and Dom D'Agostino for the ketogenic diet, they when they travel, a lot of times they will cheat a little bit, right? Yep. And so what they do is yeah, they just... they take a lot of ketones to get themselves back into ketosis, which is basically it's it's like telling your body that oh here's a bunch of processed fat and it lies to your body about how much fat you're burning. And yeah. uh, I, so since I've been back, I have been doing nothing but eating ketones. And I have this, I have pure ketone esters that I've been taking in order to get myself back into ketosis since I've been back. So I have yeah, uh, well, I, and I, and been making myself I've a little sick. i got people who are showing up. i got people who are showing up uh, at our tables in the restaurant going, hey, I heard you had cancer and you're using this ketogenic diet. Why are you drinking a Mai Tai right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, it's uh, you know, cancer is is giving me a break for you know for for a week. But it, the funny thing, Gib, is that I have a lot of people who listen to the podcast and they and they're telling it was nice because they're telling me that they listen to the listen to our tips and also the tips uh, on the radio show. And uh, and one of the one of the tips that we've had on the television show before that I wanted I wanted you and I to talk about on this uh, on this podcast is. Um, uh, how you can get healthier by chewing gum. Now, I love to chew gum. Me I feel too. like it, it really really helps me focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that they have sugar-free gum, of course, I can put like five or six sticks in, uh, Wait, in my mouth. Wait, now that they have so, sugar-free gum? <laughs> Paging 1959. <laughs> it's been around for a while, but go ahead. Uh, okay, so, he, so the first tip comes from Cardiff University in, in the UK. And the scientists there, Gib, they found that uh, gum chewing has a positive impact on everything from alertness to memory to problem-solving skills. Um, it's down to something called, are you ready for this, mastication-induced arousal. Which, which sounds, um, well, it sounds as good mm. as anything I, I could hope for from this show. So mastication, yeah. chewing that makes your brain excited, is that, is that what it comes down to? Right, yeah, it's, yes, yes, exactly. It's uh, mastication-induced arousal, which refers to the fact that moving your jaw draws more blood to the brain and activates more neurons compared to when you're not chewing. And bonus points if you choose peppermint gum because they say those researchers say menthol, which is the active compound in peppermint, is proven to make you uh, make you more alert. I mean, if, if you needed another excuse, by the way, there is no gum sponsor for this podcast. This is just good, useful information. But also, have you noticed, uh, which is kind of a bummer, but not that you need to be aware there. Have you noticed that when you're at Disneyland, you can't buy gum? I, I did notice that because I asked, and and one of those guides said, "No, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no gum in the park." And and then when you think about it, I mean, think of all the characters would be stuck to the cement. They oh my gosh, be, yeah, it'd be awful. they wouldn't be able to move. It'd be on, it'd be on all of. Yeah. They would use the uh, gum to seal the character's head to the character body, and then when they go to take it, like you sneak <laughs> up behind the guy and you put it on him. 
the thing is, the thing is, uh, I wish I would have. I, I I like to chew gum too. I wish I would have known the effects of this. I would have chewed gum in every test I took in college, and I could have used it. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, the problem was back in my day in the you know sixties. They they didn't let you. You couldn't. They would they would take the gum. They'd put you up in the front of the class. Had to put the gum on your nose. It was you know, was all that stuff. <laughs> the amount of things that they got away with when it comes to embarrassing people when you were a kid is is unbelievable. The amount of those things, like like uh, putting kids in the corner with a dunce cap and making them put gum on their nose, and what uh, in gym class didn't they make they make you prove you're wearing a jock? Listen, this was I mean today you'd be in prison for the rest of your life with what uh, and and you know my I still I've stayed in touch with my uh, my gym teacher for many years. His name was Constance Chigger, and he was uh, <laughs> and Mr. Chigger was well, I know right, and and Mr. Chigger was uh, was also the football coach. And so you had a jock check, and the, of course the idea for wearing a jock was so that you, well, so that you wouldn't injure yourself. Yeah. And so what would happen, you know, in junior high and high school is they, you know, you, you in gym class they would line you. We were talking about chewing gum. Um, they line you all up, right? And and then you had to reach down and grab the side of your the strap of your jock, uh, and then and snap it, right? And if you had forgotten your jock or it was in a wash or your mom messed you over or something like that. And you were wearing underwear, then you had to pull your pants down to your knees, uh, you know, your pants and your underwear, and you're standing there completely naked. Unbelievable. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, they, it's discontinuing Amos and Andy, right, was was certainly the right move, and I think discontinuing this uh, this process of embarrassing people for not wearing their jock straps was also a pretty good move. No question. No question. But anyway, I think you can use this information to get, uh, if your teacher doesn't let you wear gum, just play them this clip about the jock straps, and uh, that'll let your teacher let you chew gum the next time you're in class so you can stay more focused. <laughs> okay, here, so here's one more tip uh, from the guys at Cardiff University in the UK who studied gum chewing. They said that, um, it can, and we've seen this many times, Gabe, uh, gum chewing can uh, help you lose weight. A study in the journal Appetite, along with the Cardiff study, found that people who chewed gum immediately after lunch ate 10 to 15 percent less the rest of the day on average compared to when they didn't chew it researchers say our brain can associate chewing with eating so even if you're not actually consuming food your brain still thinks you are if your mouth is moving which helps you feel satisfied longer and reduces appetite we basically have it's within our grasp to uh to to fool our our body into thinking that uh, that we're chewing food. Well, and uh, your our bodies are basically everything we talk about on this show is tricking your body into thinking it's in some sort of evolutionary phase that we no longer deal with in modern life. Like everything on our show is about oh, trick your brain into thinking that uh, that you're you 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 should be going to sleep by not wearing blue light and by not having blue lights on around this time or not using electric light and then trick your brain into doing this and now it's trick your body into thinking that you're eating by chewing gum. Which, uh, which actually I can get behind. I also, I also chew gum at, if I can't brush my teeth. Do you do that to, to try to get like the stuff? And this is kind of disgusting, but it gets the stuff out from my teeth if I, if I chew gum after eating. No, I haven't tried that tip, but thank you. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll use it next time. I mean, it's disturbing. Also, with the ketogenic diet, per our, uh, per our conversation before, there's a certain, well, I, I would call it a musty odor or a sour odor that comes with our breath when you're doing the intermittent fasting. And and the and the gum I need in order for my wife to talk to me. I think you're just grossing everybody out, <laughs> to be honest with, with you. Um, hey, I wanted I wanted to move on to another another piece here. Finally. And we just uh, um, actually t- today I was watching this in in Hawaii, 
Stop uh, bragging. So I know that uh, it's it's a it's a topic, um, or, you know, all over the country is that YouTube's had a problem recently with um, with uh, people who are getting onto their kids. You know, they have a kids app where it's supposed to be protecting the kids from any sort of uh, bad programming. Oh. And I guess what's happened is is some crazy people are are taking uh, well known cartoon characters, including the characters from um, from Frozen. And they're putting them in uh, untoward situations, and it, and it made is that it right? YouTube, it apparently made it through YouTube's um, uh, filter, uh, and and so uh, it, it brought up this story that I wanted to to get your opinion on because you have three kids under the age of uh, under the age of five. And I'm not letting them um, watch YouTube anymore. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Listen, YouTube is all over. They're you know they're fixing it. Of course, they have much more to lose um, than anybody else involved here. Um, when it turns out that when kids watch a plump cartoon character, they eat more junk food. And this is not from a study that I've conducted. It's from the University of Colorado's Leeds School of Business. They found that kids consume more low-nutrition, high-fat foods after watching overweight cartoon characters like Homer Simpson and Winnie the Pooh on TV. And the kids, uh, according to the study, they, they ate almost twice as much candy or cookies after watching an overweight character than they did when watching a thinner cartoon character like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo or no cartoon at all. And this was true for every kid tested between the ages of 6 and 14. Plump cartoon characters cause kids to consume uh, more bad food. So that what you're saying is Fat Albert and the and the old Cosby Kids show is the result is the reason for all of our current uh, childhood uh, diabetes issue. It's probably a good uh, that's a good example. Yeah, for for sure. Uh, I, I'm surprised that you use the Shaggy reference. If if kids watch Shaggy, were they more likely to partake in, uh, well, certain '60s revelry that Shaggy was clearly a fan of? Because if, if <laughs> you know, I, I was not a Shaggy fan, so I really have no idea what you're talking about. You want to spell it out for the rest of us who didn't watch Shaggy? Well, Shaggy on Scooby Doo was clearly was clearly uh, what was it? He, he's pro cannabis. How about that? Because he was. He was you're always kidding, Shaggy super, was a stoner. I had oh no my, idea. Are you kidding? He's talking to his dog. He's literally always eating snacks with his dog. Uh, he gets really paranoid about things and hides in the van all the time. Shaggy is just yeah, definitely. You don't think so? Well, I knew that. I, I knew that Shaggy was. I knew that Scooby had. They, I knew there were Scooby snacks yes. or Scooby Doo. Yeah. But what they would, so, so what did they, what did the character was the character holding a joint? No, I mean, no, no. They didn't no. go that far. They didn't go that far. But it, it was it was you know he's like the Willie Nelson of cartoon characters. He's very pro cannabis. And my, I I I mean looking at back at it as an adult, it seems pretty obvious. As a kid, I had no idea. I just thought he was funny. But now it's like oh my gosh, of course. I can absolutely hear people you know see people tweeting now saying John, you're an idiot. You know <laughs> how come you didn't know this? But 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 do you know this from uh, from a Rolling Stone interview with Shaggy? How did you? I, okay, so first, Shaggy's a fictional to... character, except there, there's a an R and B artist named Shaggy. I'm talking about the character from Scooby Doo. He I he can't give an interview, but he very. I mean, to me, I just look back on it and I thought that he was. Um, maybe maybe I maybe I have a little bit of uh, uh, Rorschach issue here, where I'm in, inserting my own concept into this. But I I I look at that and I definitely think he was. But back to the overweight thing where kids eat the stuff, that makes sense because when you watch Winnie the Pooh, all I can think about is, wow, that guy is really obsessed with getting some food. I don't know if I've ever been that hungry. I don't ever want to be that hungry. Let me eat some more food. Because he just, he's always, literally every minute of the day, if he sees honey, he's thinking about honey. He's trying to get honey. And I think you know Shaggy's probably doing the same thing with his version of honey. 
when uh, we've established what that is. But but yeah, it, it makes me think that I should be eating more because I because I want to be like poo. What is it? So I mean, get, getting back to uh, to your kids, uh, what what is the biggest? You know, to, I know that the. Uh, you know, kids' food has changed a lot over the last ten years, especially because because millennial and Gen X parents r- really don't want to feed their kids as mm-hmm. much as many pounds of Frosted Flakes that I ate back in the day. Not to not to be down on Frosted Flakes, but um, what's what's the biggest temptation for your kids that you that you face, and are you still seeing uh, on Saturday mornings? Uh, is there still a lot of advertising for for just really sugary bad food? There is not as much of the advertising. Well, they, I shouldn't say it, it's yeah. Sugar is still the 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 chemical du jour, so that really hasn't changed. The form it takes is different. My kids love treats. They love they love confections and and candy and stuff, just like every other kid. So we have to really limit the amount of that, that they get. Uh, sugary cereals, I think we we really try to limit. We try to do the higher fiber cereals if we're going to do cereals, but the advertising is still brightly colored packaging and high sugar, easily preserved foods. I mean, that is, that's where the advertising is. That's what my kids want. Um, and we have to, we have to fight that constantly. Here's a piece of fruit. If you're hungry, you'll eat an apple. We I actually use the stuff from the show that we are supposed to use for ourselves. I use it on my kids, right? On the show, it says, if you think that you're hungry, try going for an apple. If an apple doesn't sound appetizing, then clearly you're not hungry. You're just bored. Well, I try to do the same thing with my kids. If they tell me that, they, that they're hungry because they saw a treat, uh, I offer them a banana. And if they don't take the banana, then I know that they're just into the treat. Wow. I think it's really funny that you that, that any time um, your kids hear keto, as in ketogenic, <laughs> they, they just get totally grossed out. So, you know, so, uh, you know it's, it's really funny because I, I had a... Um, uh, we, were, we were getting ready for you guys to, to fly uh, back home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said to um, uh, I said to well, the waiter comes over and says, "What would you like to drink?" And I said, "I'll, I'll have a I'll have a scotch neat, um, and I'll have the you know vegetables." And and of course, scotch doesn't have any carbs in it uh, apparently, so it's it's low glycemic. Everybody, you can drink scotch low and be keto. Yeah. So so your five year old, you know, your five year old yells out. Wait a second, just like this. Wait a second, pop up. Alcohol is keto. <laughs> I'm like, I felt like I, I felt like I was in the 1950s. Go away, kid. You bother me. <laughs> so like she's trying to call you out on on your on your scotch issue. I uh, my kids watch me eat differently than, from them. They've watched me go through this keto journey with you. And when and by the way, going out of ketosis over while we were while we were traveling made me realize how much I do love being in ketosis. So I've been taking the the exogenous ketones and I feel so much better since being back. But um, the uh, my kids watch me eat different stuff. They watch me have the powdered food, the ketone esters from Ketonade and all that stuff, all the different like supplements that I take that my wife rolls her eyes at. And they are fascinated with the concept. They are completely fascinated because we go to the we go to have a sandwich and I don't eat the bread. And they're like, "Why aren't you?" In the, it, it's they are as interested in it as any other human being that is interested in keto. It's really fun to talk to them about it, actually. Well, this seems like as good a time as any to tell you that today's pod- podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Learning. Uh, it's now featuring Lynda.com content. Now, John, you and I, it's been an online leader in online learning for 20 years, Lynda.com. You and I have been doing Lynda for almost that long, right? 
You know, I got to tell you, just uh, maybe four hours ago, I was looking at a lynda.com thing um, for Ableton Live, which is what I use on the radio show all the time. And it's what I use on stage for, for music. And I was just brushing up on a few things. Yeah. I've been on lynda.com since they started from the very, very beginning. I, I, it's the best best training app ever. So now that content is linked into, pun intended, LinkedIn Learning. It's for problem solvers, go-getters, for people who want to make moves in their career. Maybe you want to improve your productivity, which I'm always looking to do. You want to get better at time management? Absolutely. Lead efficient meetings. Everything you need to achieve and more is on LinkedIn Learning. It's all this stuff that you wish you could have majored in in college, but that you, you know, nobody majored in Instagram marketing because it didn't exist back then. So now you can learn Instagram marketing and put that on your LinkedIn profile. If you're looking to be more productive, you're looking to be more efficient, LinkedIn Learning has courses on what I need, overcoming procrastination, time management foundations, personal effectiveness. They also offer quick tip courses. You've, you've done quick tip courses on Linda, haven't you? I have, and, and, the, the, and I also get alerts when there's a new course. I, I've, I've interacted with the live trainers before. I've called them up and, and taken personal lessons from them. But it's, the, the thing about, about Linda and about, about LinkedIn is that how many hours a day, how many hours, I'm sorry, a, a year do we spend trying to figure stuff oh, yeah. out when you could just take a quick course and become an instant expert and that kind of stuff, it, it, it ends up, I mean, you, you're gonna get a raise when you take four or five of these productivity well, courses. Excel, easy. Microsoft Excel. I mean, it's, it's just a spreadsheet program, but it's powerful and it can do all kinds of things. And I have definitely been in situations where people are asking me how to do certain things with Excel and I pretend to be an expert. But what I really do is I go in the other room and I looked it up uh, on, on Linda or on LinkedIn Learning and I learned more about Excel from those quick tips than I, than I, than I actually knew and people think that I already knew it. They have the good news is they have courses. LinkedIn Learning has courses for all experience levels. They cover a wide range of technical skills, creative techniques, business strategies, and more. I uh, again, we've talked about all of the little the little nudgy things that we've learned how to do on LinkedIn Learning and Linda. Uh, you can quickly find the right video course from their extensive library. The great thing about it is is that you're learning from industry experts. You're learning Instagram marketing from people who know how to market. You're learning. You're learning how to use uh, high-end software from people that have used... I, I learned how to edit video for the television show from, from Linda, from these courses. I learned, you can, I learned it from watching people who professionally edit video. You can learn from people who professionally work with Excel, with Microsoft, with QuickBooks, all of the software that you need to know. Learn from experts that do it. And, and as John said, you talk to those experts because they're that informative. If John's calling them up, and by the way... Uh, you know, you you can only that's a certain thing that only you're able to do, right? Like I can't call up the guys. Well, yeah, <laughs> I just get so wound up in it. But let me just say one more thing, Gib, and and, and I know we're just going crazy about uh, about this. If if I'm looking for somebody to hire for the radio show or for the television show, and and I'm going to look on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. right? And if I if I see a list of all the Lynda.com courses. Right. That they've completed. I don't care if you have a college education. I care that you're trained to do the stuff right. I want you to do, and you can learn all of that on Linda, and you can brag about it on, on LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah, so with LinkedIn Learning, you're gonna get it's it, you're gonna get the transcripts for every video. You're gonna get to watch, listen, and read along. If you, maybe you're a visual learner, maybe you're an auditory learner, or maybe you need to learn by doing. Well, they have quizzes and project files so that you can work along with them and do exactly what those people are doing, what the experts are doing while you watch them do it. So you will be editing a video while they're editing a video. You will be working in an Excel spreadsheet 
using the same stuff that they are. That is a great way that I like to right, learn. Li- li- the li- other li- difference? Li- listen, jo- this is a ridiculously long commercial for LinkedIn and for lynda.com, but the reason it's so long is that it is a product that Gibb and I use at least four or five hours a, a, a yeah. week. So we're we're evangelizing about it because it's something that has really changed our lives. Let's how about yeah, that? It's absolutely true. There are no additional charges, no upsells. Your subscription gives you access to all of the courses that you want, all for one monthly price. And it doesn't matter where you're listening to us. If you are in Canada, if you're in Beirut, is Beirut still? Yeah. If you're in Beirut, it's worldwide. You can learn from anywhere, from your computer tablet your mobile device and by the way when linda got mobile that was a huge that was a game changer for me we've got a special deal for you so you can you can do the stuff that we're talking about get a free 30-day trial with linkedin learning today by visiting linkedin.com slash t-e-s-h that's linkedin.com slash tesh all lowercase uh it doesn't really matter with the with the website but and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast because uh, well, we would have been talking about it anyway. We would have worked it in conversation because we love the product so much. So when you support our sponsors, you make this podcast possible. That's linkedin.com slash Tesh. Yeah, that's awesome, Gib. That, that was a lot of, a lot of fun. And I listen, I, I, I know that uh, for those of you uh, who joined us at the beginning of the of the the podcast? At this point, I'm in uh, Hawaii, finishing up a uh, much needed vacation after being healed from cancer. Uh, Gib is back in the uh, in the offices. And um, so he's got a little bit of, of jet lag. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, and it's interesting because you know, the folks that come from Los Angeles and New York and they end up in, in, a, in a resort, we all wake up at three o'clock in the morning, you have right? To. Because, you, have you know, in, it, yeah, because in New York, it's nine right. o'clock in the, in the morning. Uh, but but there's, a, there's an interesting way that our, our researchers have found Gibb to, uh, to fall asleep, especially if you have jet lag. Uh, and it's 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 one I haven't heard about before. You flip through a photo album before bed. So the researchers in the UK who studied this, they found that people who looked at happy photos of loved ones before bed, they saw a huge drop in levels of stress hormones, and they were able to drift off faster and sleep longer than when they didn't look at pictures before bed. It reminds us of happy times, right? And the people who love and support us. But they have to be printed photos, apparently, not images on your smartphone. Well, yeah, because the smartphone wakes you up. It's staring at electronic screens within an hour of bed has been shown to make it harder to get to sleep. So, so, uh, and, and it's very, very used to, very easy to use uh, apps, whether it's uh, uh, Flickr or, or Apple or any of that stuff, to uh, to print out the photos and get them sent right to you. I think I think the researchers missed something though, and I totally buy into this idea of seeing loved ones happy. Fine. But also, have you ever been at someone's house and they want to show you vacation photos? It's boring. And I think that might be part of it. It's just boring sometimes. And, that, and it gives your brain something to do that slowly lulls you to sleep. Like if you, if I was at somebody's house and they wanted to put the little uh, the carousel, the old Kodak carousel with the, the slideshow projector thing, and they wanted to show their vacation photos, I'd be like, great, I'm going to take a 20-minute nap in the dark. Nobody's going to see it. That, I think, is a part of this that the, that the, uh, that the researchers missed. Yeah, yeah, you you may be right. I, I as you're talking about this, I, I I can't even believe you know about the carousel. I used to be the AV guy at uh, Garden City High School because you know uh, girls didn't talk to me, and I had lots of time to do that. Uh, and, and so, but my favorite thing is uh, is the is the sound of the slide. One slide going in, the other slide coming uh, going out, and then the carousel turning one click. Yeah, and then that special sound where where our slide gets stuck. Yeah, and they have to call me in the AV room and come. 
<laughs> coming. And then you got you're right. I mean that, that just even the thought of that carousel thing will it's put making you to sleep. You sleepy. But, but it's uh yeah, but there's some there's some great research on this, even even despite uh Gibbs um uh sample of uh N of one, as we say, <laughs> his own personal sample. Look, I might I might be a little pessimistic about it, but I but I and, and by the way, I cheated. Uh, on the Kodak carousel thing. I am obsessed with 60s culture, you know that, but I I, uh, I got that way partly from watching Mad Men and there was a whole episode about the Kodak carousel. They were trying to get the business from the Kodak. So so there I cheated go. on that one. That's That one's not from watching Nick at Night as a kid. As, uh, as you folks at home probably know, and Gibbs certainly knows because they all end up on his desk, uh, publishers send us uh, books. I mean, we literally get hundreds of books every week new books that have been and been released and they don't they don't send us a link on uh on uh, Amazon for a Kindle book they send us the the real book and so they sent us this book and I'm thinking do I really want to read this thing uh so I've been paging through it it's called a brief history of swearing obviously you want to read that book somebody dedicated their life to doing uh to coming up with the history of not not of Mike, uh, Michelangelo or or da Vinci like uh Isaacson did uh, Walter Isaacson, but the history of swearing. So any, apparently, according to this researcher, between 1% and 3% of the words we use every day are swear words. doesn't sound like much unless you uh, consider that that's the same amount of personal plural pronouns we use in everyday language. So they dug deeply into this. Um, language expert Melissa Moore wrote the book. Okay, So Melissa says she also discovered that kids typically learn at least one four-letter word before they learn the alphabet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And kids today under age four are more likely to know a swear word than kids from previous generations because the way we speak has gotten more casual. So kids are more likely to hear swear words in everyday life and mimic them. So when you, I, I've seen you, you know, maybe once or twice since your kid, your kids have, been, have grown up to be, you know, five and six year olds. But what do you do when you swear in 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 front of a kid? You can't take it back. Do you just they just uh, how do you? Okay, lay so it out the most important thing to do is if if it leaks out, if profanity leaks out uh, of your mouth, and I'm making it very passive, like it's not my fault, is don't make a big deal about it. Because if you make a big deal about it, then they know that it's a thing, right? So you you know try don't don't use the word again, and don't don't freak out that you said one of the words. Um, that's that's a that's really important. B, uh, well, I, I guess I guess just uh, I got busted on it this morning, and my wife made me made a big deal about it. So I I really don't know that I'm in the best position. Literally this morning, my wife was like, "Hey, please," I said I said a bad word in front of the kids, and she's like, "Please don't do that." And uh, thankfully, I don't think the kids were paying attention because they were they were cranky from the time change. But uh, but yeah, I I did it this morning, and I I'm, I'm probably normally I would say I'm good about this, but I literally messed up. So. So uh, I, uh, I'm sure my kids will be uh, indoctrinating other children at school today with the amazing vocabulary <laughs> I've just added to them. <laughs> That's the other problem is kids talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you'll, you're, you've already been called in. I know you've been called in the I principal's have. office a couple of times. I have. Already, I've been so called I can't, in. Yeah. I can't wait for that. that, that so, that, so not only that, do I have to worry about what my kid sees and hears on television or on social media or while we're walking around or what I say, which I'm already proving that I'm terrible at, but I got to worry about the other, you know, 90 parents at my kid's school that say it in front of their kids. And then the fifth grader is talking to the kindergartners and saying it. And now my kid knows, you know, all sorts of bad words. And I, I it's, I like, I think we should do the thing that they do at hardcore military and private schools 
where you uh, where they make you worry so much about your uniform, you don't have time to misbehave in other ways, right? Like that's the whole reason for having uniform codes is that you're so worried about the the shape of your lapel and the way that you're, everything's sewn on your shirt that you don't have time to do drugs or other things. So make up swear words for your kids and then tell them they can't say those. Like, like nougat, you know, oh, you can't, you know, we can't talk about nougat anymore. And then the kids will think of nougat is a bad word. And when they go out into the rest of the world, well, you might be traumatizing them, but yeah. the, the good news is they won't swear. I, well, you listen, hey, you turned out great. And you know the difference between a swear word, and not a swear word. And you were raised in a full on Italian family. And, and I'm, I'm married to your mom. So, you know, for 26 years. And she's a, yeah, listen, Connie Selica is a sweet, sweet Christian yep. woman. But, but every now and then, we take a trip to Sardinia, you know? <laughs> it's a, that's a great euphemism for swearing, taking a trip to Sardinia. <laughs> trip to Sardinia. That's not even where her family's from, but it yeah. sounded good. Hey, um, I, I wanted to tell everybody that this is an interesting uh, headline. So ele- electric guitar sales are way down. Now, before I tell you why this is going on, because it's going to be one of those conversation starters you're going to want to tell your friends about, um, I want to ask you because we have we have some concerts coming up, Christmas concerts, and I know you've decided to upgrade your not your electric guitar but your ukulele. Have you been able to to take care of, of all that? I connected you to you my uh, my my very cool friends at well, Sweetwater. Well, okay, so so a couple things. One, uh, after talking to the guys at Sweetwater, I also went by the local guitar shop and played a few in person just to to hear what they sounded like and stuff. And um, I noticed that there is a movie coming out for kids where the main character plays guitar. So I actually think that guitar is going to get very big very soon, just like a, a, being an ice queen was very big. Um, uh, it's called Coco. There's a, the new Disney Pixar movie has has guitars in it, and so I think kids are going to start playing guitars. But yes, I went and played a bunch of them. Um, and uh, I, I, one of my problems with what Sweetwater sent me is that they're all too beautiful. Like the, what they, the ukes are too nice, <laughs> and, and they don't look like toys. And a big joke that I do at the opening of your show, by the way, if you want to come see us live, teshmusic.com, shameless plug, uh, teshmusic.com, you can see us play in, in December and, and late November. But the uh, um, a big joke is when I pull the ukulele out, it's, it's, uh, it's silly. It looks silly on stage because it's a tiny instrument compared to all of the giant keyboards that you, that you travel with. And uh, uh, the, the ukes that I was looking at that the guy sent me are like, beautiful and inlaid with all this amazing wood and some of them have bigger fretboards and they just they look like really interesting instruments i don't feel like people are going to laugh at them <laughs> well there's a there's a there's a funny part of this show uh, when you're when you're doing that but there's also a great part where you play hallelujah and it, and you and you just kill it and you, and you you sing it great so i wouldn't be too worried about the about the ukulele looking too nice or sounding too nice but i i also have to tell you i know the feeling where sometimes you know we don't carry a piano with us we you know we use the piano at the performing arts centers um but also we you know sometimes we'll rent a piano and sometimes they'll rent a nine and a half foot steinway piano and i'll sit down there and i'll go i better play this really really right? well because because it, it it doesn't look like a schroeder piano so I, I definitely get what you're talking about but back to the electric guitar sales thing um and this is a huge number over the last decade, electric guitar sales, uh, and I'm sure Guitar Center is aware of this, they've dropped by a full 33%. Uh, and the reason is that most of the electric guitar icons are retiring. They're baby boomers or Gen Xers uh, at the youngest. Um, but, uh, but they're selling more uh, acoustic guitars these days because more girls are picking up acoustic guitars inspired by artists like Taylor Swift, right, who's huge. Yeah. 
Um, and when it comes to taking guitar lessons, according to School of Rock, and they have 200 schools across the country, girls often outnumber boys in wanting to learn to play the guitar. And again, as I said, it's mostly acoustic. Well, look at all, a lot of the biggest acts right now are, are female. And, and so why wouldn't women? That, that's, that's a big argument right there in favor of having strong role models in every field for every gender and skin type is that you want people to be able to see themselves in that because it will encourage them to do it. So Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, and, and by the way, say whatever you want about Lady Gaga. That girl is one of the most amazing musicians, period. Uh, she would be a studio musician if she wasn't the huge multi-platinum artist that she is. That's going to inspire people to become better musicians and to learn more interesting instruments. Like an acoustic guitar is more interesting than a, than an electric guitar, and you can get an acoustic electric yeah. hybrid yeah. and and get the same sounds out of it that you would from the from the electric guitar. But you can't play the electric guitar at the beach, you know, around the campfire and impress your friends and 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 you know meet a girlfriend or boyfriend that way. That's the that's the downside of the electric guitar. Yeah, if you want if you want to be inspired, I, I agree with Gib. If you want to be inspired as a performer. Um, a and I've I've actually seen Lady Gaga live at Madison Square Garden with uh, with Prima, uh, your sister, and I was like, whoa! <laughs> she got behind a grand piano and just sang acoustically. I'm like, well, she knows what she's doing. So you watch her if you want to learn songwriting. Find find some YouTube videos of Carol King, who is still out yes. there performing. And if you want to just be sort of girl empowered overall, watch this movie that I just watched and I was talked into it. Um, but I just thought it was the best movie, which was Wonder oh, Woman. Yeah. I thought that the, the woman who played Wonder Woman was unbelievable. And I, of course, I've read the comic books, you know, over and over. Hey, can we can we do one more piece because I find this the, the, this Fine. interesting. One more. Um, it's it's about and I, I watched I watched Prima. Uh, speaking of my daughter, I watched her cut out soda and 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 it changed her life. She got she got as 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 uh, shredded as you. And uh, no body fat, and she lost a whole bunch of of weight. Mm-hmm. So if you're having a hard time quitting soda, even if and we don't recommend diet soda either, because there's plenty of studies out there connecting it to all kinds of health problems. Here's a great hack, and I and, and this is really the kind of hack that uh, that we feature on on all of our, our our media offerings. You buy the biggest bottle of soda you can find, and it sounds counterintuitive. But this study shows the easier it is to pick up a container, the more likely we are to pick it up. It makes perfect sense. So we're really more likely to crack open a can of soda than to pour ourselves a glass from a giant two-liter oh, yeah. jug. And it's not just because not just because the jug is unwieldy. The extra effort it takes to pour a glass uh, of uh, soda is also a determinant. Those things are huge. Yeah. They, are, they are huge. And by, by the way, I still have... Um it's like stranger danger when you're a kid. Like in my brain, I'm still not allowed to pick up a two liter bottle. Like I, I, it was, it was ingrained in me that when I was a kid that an adult had to help me with the two liter bottle. Otherwise I was going to spill it everywhere. And so in my mind, I still need help with that. So I'm not about to touch the two liter bottle in front of other people because I feel like it's a no, no. Uh, and, and so that's, that's step one. Step two is you're absolutely right. It is a huge amount of effort to get that two liter bottle out, to get the glass out, and and I always I still feel like it's a 50-50 chance that the entire contents of the bottle are going to end up all over the countertop. So so I I'm not a, I I would literally it would sit there in the garage and plus I, I going flat over over like you know a, a three year period. Plus you know if if I'm not I, I I might drink eight ounces of soda from a can I, that that uh, and finish that in one sitting. If I open the two liter bottle, all I'm going to think about is that eventually that that, that soda is going to go flat. So I got when I want soda, do I want two <laughs> liters of soda? Probably not. And so I'm not going to open it at all. 
That's good. I like. Who I drinks like, two I, liters of soda at a time? I like it. I like getting inside your head. Hey, I have to tell you that uh, you know, as much as I love doing this podcast, uh, uh, Connie is out, outside the hotel room now, waving a mask and oh, go, me, meaning that I got to stop. Go. Stop, put my head stop. In, in, in the water here in Hawaii. All right. Well, thank you guys so, for like, listening. Let, let, I'm going to let John go snorkel with the sea turtles while the rest of us work for a living. Thank you, guys. If you like the show, be sure to tell your friends about it. It's the only way that uh, people will be able to discover our show. Intelligence for Life, the podcast. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on all of those platforms if you are so inclined. If you do not like the show, do nothing. Don't tell anybody about it, and uh, don't, don't, don't rate us. Uh, once again, if you want to follow up with us, it's facebook.com slash John Tesh. We go Facebook Live there all the time. At John Tesh on Twitter. I'm facebook.com slash Gib Gerard, at Gib Gerard on all the platforms. Uh, and, uh, well, I guess that's it. Thank you, guys.